I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created About the future innovation. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure. We've got a great show for you guys today. Uh, I want to thank everybody who listened to last week's show, Unstruck Data with tech entrepreneur Kirk Marple. Uh, we had a great discussion on uh, technology, uh, artificial intelligence, and all that. So if you haven't got a chance to check that out, uh, go check that out uh, from last week's episode. Uh, I want to thank all the listeners that are tuning in on a weekly, monthly basis. Thank you guys for hanging in there for the last five years on Finding your frequency uh, wouldn't be uh, uh, wouldn't be here without you guys listening to the content. So thanks for listening to me babble for five years, and you know uh, hopefully we're going to get Jeff Spinard back in the mix uh, in the next couple of weeks. He's taking a vacation, uh, going to see mom. So got to go see mom, uh, you know, and, and that leads me to kind of the, the, the subject and topic for today. Uh, you know, the reason why Jeff went to go see his mom is he's been cooped up for the last 16 or 18 months or whatever it is with, with the pandemic and COVID and, you know, working remotely from home. And you, as you guys know, Jeff's the CEO of voice America, and we usually do the show together. And, um, you know, we as a company have had to really find some unique and interesting ways to stay connected with, you know, our workforce out there. So, uh, you know, today, as we talk about how leaders are needing to adapt to support the new hybrid workforce, which um, I think is really important and also, uh, you know, kind of correlates to some of the stuff we talked about in the last episode, uh, you know, with the with leveraging technology and, you know, different items to be able to keep connected. And um, and in some cases, we're like hyper connected, even though we don't really realize it. Uh, and so we can definitely talk about that as well. I've got a great guest today. Um, he is none other than Michael Peachy. He is uh, the vice president of UX for Ring Central in Belmont, California, uh, where he leads a global team responsible for the complete line of CPAS products. Um, and at Ring, Michael built a global team of 80 plus, starting with a handful of designers. So, I mean, we're talking about a gentleman who is, you know, really on the game, understands technology, understands, you know, what, what, what we what we do with message voice and video applications and um, all of those different components for uh, you know connecting everybody together uh, and throughout his career Michael has created value for the investors and enterprise uh, by bridging the chasm the giant chasm between excellence in design and excellence in development uh, I know I've definitely had uh, my own uh, issues uh, in that in that area here at Voice America as you're always trying to you know make sure that uh, you know design and development all work together in uh, a nice pair uh, and so, yeah, of course, you had to have some uh, some good UX folks. And uh, I hope you know Adobe XD, <laughs> right, as everybody starts moving into some of those spaces. So I want to welcome Michael to the show. Hey, welcome, man. We appreciate you joining us. So, Michael, you know, it's been weird, right, the last several year and a half with, you know, all the 
COVID and all that kind of stuff. Um, you guys at Ring Central, I'm sure that you guys are all working remotely, um, using your own product, I would imagine, to stay connected. Um, and, you know, very familiar with Ring Central. We have a couple of hosts on, on Voice America who are, um, who, who use Ring Central for their radio show recordings and, uh, all that kind of stuff because they're using it for their business. And, uh, you know, so it's uh, definitely a great uh, application. And so we're, we're happy to have you here, uh, to talk about some of those different ways where, you know, leaders can adapt and, you know, support that hybrid workforce. And I think that, um, you know, first, I think we need to kind of find out a little bit more about who you are and your background. And, you know, we have to ask the question and stay true to the, uh, uh, to the theme of the show, you know, so Michael, how did you find your frequency in life and in business? And how did you end up where you are? You know, because there's always a, a story of a, you know, journey of, uh, you know, getting to the place that one is and, and finding their frequency and finding their, you know, their rhythm in life and doing things that they feel are, you know, important. Like you want to get up in the morning and be like, Hey, I'm doing something cool. Not get up in the morning and be like, Oh man, I got to go to this job or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Um, so that's kind of where we're leading to. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found your frequency. Sure. Well, it's, it's a great question and a great lead into the, to the rest of the discussion because, you know, we're all out there trying to, trying to be happy, trying to be useful, trying to be productive, trying to get stuff done in, in all different places in our lives. And, you know, of course, sitting here now in July of 2021, after 16, 17 months of pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, how we do that is is really been changing and continuing to change. You know, for me personally, I got to say, uh, you know, I'm I'm super blessed because I get to come into work every day, or you know, stay home from my living room and my bunny slippers <laughs> for work every day uh, with a group of people that uh, that have been handpicked for their for who they are and how they are and what they do. You know, I get to create culture around me, the kind of culture that I get to thrive in. Uh, and that's a gift. I don't think very many people in the world uh, get a chance to do that kind of culture creating. So like, as you're saying, like I get up every day fired up to, to go see the people that are out there. Uh, so I, I gotta be happy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I've been at Voice America for almost 19 years, right? Uh, You know, just the team that we have and being able to work with those folks and, uh, you know, secondarily, you know, you know, knowing that the content that we create and the things that we're doing and recording and putting out there to the world isn't, you know, just your standard audio content. You know, we're really trying hard to deliver, uh, you know, thought leadership from people that have been there and done that in, in, in multiple industries. And, you know, that's really the cool part about voice America is just, you know, being able, well, it's like a, it's like a learning experience, like none other because you know you, you you listen to the health and wellness channel and you get you know uh, information from nurses about what's going really going on on the front lines with those ki- with with the pandemic and you have you know our business channel with you know people talking about what's going on in the markets and gold and inflation and you know all the business elements that go around with what we've been dealing with too and it's it, and then over the years being here you know for 19 years po- uh, you know pre-pandemic too it was really cool because you know you're you're, you're constantly listening and learning to all 
all these different topics and you know being able to get up every morning and go get an education every day on on different mm-hmm. things right and then also this show with finding your frequency and bringing on folks like you um, and having you know high level thought leadership conversations around you know those those topics and and that's really what drives me on a daily basis right is and and what makes me happy so um, I totally agree you got to have happiness and uh, without without the happiness what are, what are we all doing right uh, I, I don't I come here because I like it, but I also come here too because I need to like pay my bills and stuff like that too. <laughs> well, I got to say that um, going through some of the your content, finding your frequency content over the you know last little while, cherry picking episodes and kind of like oh yeah, you know, I want to get a sense of what Ryan's all about. What's this going to be about? And then I find myself getting absorbed into <laughs> the content. You know, I've, I've already scratched the itch of what is this, and now I'm curious about the content. And I've got to say, what I see is a Bread going through the work that you do that's very familiar to me, which is being of service. You're getting up and you're doing something every day that's that's changing other people's approach, that's changing their lives, that's bringing them some value that they wouldn't have if it wasn't for your work. And in design and user experience and building the products we build, it's the same thing. This is a mm-hmm. team that gets up and thinks, who are the people that are using our products? What are they trying to get done? How can we design this thing so that they can get the thing they want to get done done quicker and easier so they can go home and play with their dog or their kids or <laughs> move on to another project or look good in front of their boss or whatever it is they're trying to do? If we can help them do that, then you know we've done a good day's work. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's the that's the name of the game, you know, and it should be for most businesses, right? Not just, you know, what you and I do, but as 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 thinking from a leadership perspective, you know, you've you got a a huge responsibility to the people that you work with and to your family to make sure that, you know, even just doing business and creating content or creating products, uh, you know, and, and, and things like you guys do, um, you know, and, and, and being able to provide those in a manner where there's, uh, you know, something to extract from it. You know, that's one of the things that, um, highly irritates me about the pandemic is, uh, you know, we, we, we work in an industry, uh, that was, you know, growing rapidly as with, you know, live internet talk radio and podcasting as it started to really catch hold. And then the pandemic hits and everybody's at home and they're bored. And so they're like, oh, everybody is going to do a podcast. And so podcasting, like, you know, Mm -hmm. increased by 70 something percent, you know. There was something like, you know, uh, 1.2 million or something like that on Apple right as the pandemic started. And now we're somewhere around 2 million that are on there. So, you know, adding 900,000 new podcasts to the, you know, that industry makes it really tough because now you have, you know, people who are, you know, doing stuff with their kids and, you know, doing all those things. And not that those are bad or, 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 or not good, but, you know, it takes market share away from some of the really good stuff that gets kind of you know, muddled down in, in the, in the, in the, you know, the, the sea of podcasts that are out there, you know? And so that's really what I'm trying to do is just bring something that's a little bit different and have conversations that are meaningful. So that way, you know, when people are listening to the show, they can get a sense of, Oh, you know what? My company is going through something like this, or I'm going through something like this and being able to give them some little, you know, nuggets of information from other people who have been there and done that. And, and, you know, that's really, really important, especially, you know, when you talk about hybrid workforces, we have, (laughs) you know, we have guys that are running radio shows that have to come to the office every day because I couldn't pack up the entire studio 
studio and like take it put it in my garage there's just not enough bandwidth there mm-hmm. right to handle that um and so you know we've taken those precautions and you know then having everybody uh all, all the support staff and stuff all working from home and you know thank god for technology right we're able to stay connected and have meetings and uh and 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 actually for for us in some respects, you know, when, when we used to have people in the office all the time, right, there was a constant flow daily through my office. People would come and want and ask me questions and, you know, I'm working and, you know, I've got to take a moment to answer their questions or address that. And through the pandemic, I found myself to be even uh, an even better knowledge worker because no one's bugging me in my door and I just get a text message or I get a, you know, a message on Microsoft Teams or something like that, um, that I can quickly respond to while I'm in the, already engaged in my stuff and, or, or choose to not respond until I'm done. Right. And so, yeah. um, in, in some ways I've become more efficient, uh, because, exactly. because of that. And so I think that's also the same way for a lot of other people, not a lot, not just being more efficient, but you know, if, if you're able to work from home and you can, you know, start your day at six o'clock in the morning because you don't have to drive to the office and get some emails answered and really get a start on your day, maybe you're done with everything you need to do at two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And then you can go and do what you said, walk your dog. For me, it's, it's all about uh, karate for me. And, um, you know, so and and hanging out with my family. So that's that's the name of the game, right? Yeah. Well, what you're talking about there is the difference between real time and asynchronous communication. Yeah. So when you're in the office and somebody not wants something from you, you got to have a real time conversation. They say something, you say something, they say something, you say something. You've already transacted whatever business you need to take care of, but everybody feels compelled to ask how your cat is and talk about some other stuff when everybody'd really rather get back to work because you can't just walk up to your door and you know write a note put a note on it and walk away <laughs> then you go read that note and you write a response and go back and the whole transaction took 2 seconds one thing that happened when everybody got sent home back in you know roughly March of last year March of 2020 is a lot of people had to start using those asynchronous channels to communicate because there was no real time. You weren't in the same room as anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where a lot of that efficiency came from where, you know, I can take care of a bunch of business in text messages using a messaging app like Ring Central's messaging app to just bang out like, you know, here's 10 things. I got 10 questions. Boom. You know, be free <laughs> little birds. Go out there and wait for your responses and bring them back to me. Then I can move on to what we call maker time where I shut off all my notifications and I sit down to write that presentation or do the thing that I got to think about and pay attention to without interruption, come back up for air later and uh, reply to all those messages. So I got the best of both worlds. I got all that, that async communication and I got my thinking done. Yeah. I want to pause for just a second and reach out to all the digital leaders out there. How would it feel to not only know what your customer is experiencing, but how many others are experiencing this also? I think it's about time that we put our customers at the center of our decisions and get ahead with real-time insights way before a code freeze. It may be beach weather outside, but for retailers, the holiday season has already started. 2021 holiday e-commerce sales are expected to exceed the 2020 benchmarks. Is your company prepared to capture every customer's revenue opportunity? With Quantum Metric, you can be. 
Their unique approach to the digital customer experience helps today's top retailers and e-commerce brands quickly identify and prioritize the big and small revenue opportunities that keep customers engaged and coming back. Stay off the naughty list with Santa this holiday season and reduce that customer friction, increasing conversions. You all know we gotta have those conversions. And at the same time, personalizing the shopping experience. You guys want a sneak peek? Visit us at quantummetrics.com slash pod offer and see if you can qualify to receive our 12 days of insights offer with code frequency. This gives you a 12 day access to the cloud platform coupled with a bespoke insight report that will help you identify where customers are struggling or engaging in your digital product. Some restrictions apply. I want to make sure you guys check it out. 12 days of insights. Go get a sneak peek. Visit quantummetrics.com slash pod offer. No, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head and that's almost to a T like my day, right? I, 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 I get up in the morning um, and uh, I still commute. You can see I'm here. My, I'm not at home. I'm here at the studio only because I, I, I manage the studio. I'm the vice president of broadcast operations. So I, I got, if my team is expected to be here, I am expected to be here, right? That's just something for me as a as a leader of a group of uh, human, awesome human beings. Um, you know, I feel like if if they're going to be in the control room running radio shows and they're commuting on a daily basis, and my job is to oversee that operation, could I do that from home? Absolutely, right? I could do that from home. I could set up a webcam so I could monitor what's going on in there. There's a whole bunch of ways to do that, but you know, from a leadership perspective, it's like I feel like if they're expected to be here. I should lead by example and be here as well. And so mm-hmm. I've, I've continued to commute throughout the pandemic and, um, you know, been here with our other five engineers um, and then our CFO who comes in two or three times a week uh, to check in on, you know, someone's got to get the mail, <laughs> right? Uh, so, you know, and, and other than that, everybody's been gone, you know, and we have uh, 25 people that work here at the at the station. And, and yeah, you know, it's, just, it, it's definitely been the same way. It's like I get up in the morning and, you know, there's always emails and different stuff and I have a crew of individuals that do uh, social media things in the evening time, you know, so I'm, I get reports about that stuff in the mornings that I need to review and make sure that there's no, you know, mistakes in the checklists of operations for that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, answer the important emails, right? I flag those important ones. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the other stuff, uh, so I get a lot of press releases from people trying to, you know, do different things, you know, so those all go into a bin to get reviewed I'll come back to them later, respond. And then, you know, I got to have that same time during the day. I got to get in there and, and, uh, get the projects done because we have lots of those happening. Uh, so yeah, no, that's definitely how it is. And, uh, I, I come to work super early though, you know, I try to beat the traffic. So <laughs> that way I can get out of here at three o'clock too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But my wife, she's working from home, you know, which has been tough for her. I think that's that's another, you know, item to kind of discuss, too, is, you know, uh, with kids being on summer break or, you know, being on online school and all that kind of stuff. The parents that are at home that are working are doing double duty, you know, making sure it's, to watch the kiddos. For them. And, and, yeah. yeah. For your listeners who don't know, Ring Central uh, builds and sells products for people to collaborate with, people to connect with. So we've got video products, messaging products, telephony products, they're all integrated together so you can you know, move from one to another. So we spend a lot of time with our customers trying to understand how do people connect, how do people collaborate? Uh, and that's been super fascinating through the, through the pandemic cycle when everybody got sent back. 
um, you know, we've seen a, a number of patterns come out. You, know, you talk about your wife being home and, you know, if you got kids, if you got a, an older parent that you're taking care of, you know, maybe your house just needs a lot of maintenance, right? <laughs> you got a lot of stuff that's, that's distracting you from the work you're doing, but you still got to do your work. Uh, and it's been tough for people like that. We've got, uh, we talk to our customers. I see this on my own team. You know, I got somebody who's 25, they're single, they're living in a one bedroom apartment in whatever town they live in. They get sent home for the pandemic. You remember back in the beginning when you were windexing your mail and you couldn't <laughs> see anybody because everybody was dangerous. Like we dealt with a lot of isolation. People yeah. were stuck at home and they, they didn't, they, they couldn't go get a cup of coffee. They couldn't hang out with anybody. That isolation, the loneliness was a problem. What was really interesting we saw, you know, for ourselves, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this too, that, you know, the big fear in the beginning was, oh no, we're gonna lose productivity. All yeah. my people are just gonna stay home. They're not, you know, they're gonna get up late. They're gonna walk around in their pajamas. They're not gonna do any work. Uh, what we actually saw in our customers, I saw in my own team, productivity wasn't the risk, it was burnout. Everybody was getting up in the morning at the same time. And instead of going to work and stopping someplace and getting a donut and a cup of coffee, they're just sitting down at their just, computer. Yeah, just hammering it out. Online. You know, and then the end of the day would come around, they don't have anything else to do, so they just keep working. And people are doing 12 hours. They're eating lunch at their desk, they're skipping lunch, and, and it was like, ah, that's the problem we gotta fix. Yeah. You know, we spent a lot of time designing products for, you know, how do you connect to people's social jobs, their emotional needs? You know, it's not about productivity, it's about not burning out, it's about staying healthy. And uh, I'm sure you see that on your teams, the remote people, how do you connect them? Yeah. How do you make sure they still care about the work they're doing? They're not just sitting in their living room like, you know, you said before, hating life. And well, and I think that's just where, you know, some business processes come into play, right? Where you're able to, you know, look at different scenarios and see if people are, are you know, being productive. Um, and what's kind of funny is, you know, I think we saw a very similar thing. Uh, it. it we had a we had a couple of people who, uh, you know, kind of weaned in, in you know f fluttered in the air a little, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and and it was just really more of a you know let's connect with that person on a one on one basis and you know find out hey you know we've we've noticed that you know as a, let's let's say it's a salesperson or something like that hey we've noticed there's like untouched leads or something in your CRM or you know whatever it may be and you know what we learned is if you, you know, have a good connection with your employees, you know, the, some of those ones that might not have been productive, if you're reaching out to them and kind of giving them some guidance from, you know, how they can operate and how they can be efficient at home, you know, um, without saying, you know, in like your Monday all staff meeting, like, Hey, you know, Joe, we noticed you weren't doing anything. And, you know, it's happening in front of all of the, you know, all of the other, you know, peers in, in, in the area, which, you know, kind of, doesn't doesn't jive well in that scenario so you know we learned very early on to have individual conversations with folks on certain areas and we've seen uh increased productivity from some of our you know uh better sales folks and then you know some of our other ones that were kind of in the medium or lower range they had they didn't really change it was still the same so it wasn't mm -hmm. like their their productivity didn't go up or down it stayed the same so we saw that's what we saw we saw productivity that stayed um, uh, uh, either the same as what it was in office or they were doing higher productivity. Nothing ever went down. Um, 
what went down was for us because we manage uh, quite a few shows that are uh, for small businesses, right? It's uh, part of their marketing strategy. And a lot of those had to, you know, take hiatuses and different things because they had to focus on, you know, paying the rent for their brick and mortar location or, you know, making sure that they're doing some other things. And so that's where our business kind of got a hit a little bit because, you know, we lost some of our small business customers. Some of them are coming back now slowly as things are starting to reopen and things are getting back to normal. Um, but then I'll give you a personal experience in, in answer to, you know, what you're, what you're discussing about burnout. Um, so my wife does this, uh, she gets up in the morning and she doesn't commute, you know, right? So, um, um, I always, even even during school, I take my child to school in the morning. Um, I mean, she was online for a while, uh, but they're like, you know, she's getting ready to start next week back at school. Um, and so they, and they, they finished the last quarter of school last year in person, which was nice. Um, but because my wife is still working from home, it's like I take the kid out of school in the morning and I'm leaving at 7.15 in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning to go drop her off. And at seven o'clock in the morning, my wife is already sitting in her computer chair. She does accounting and she's already, you know, spreadsheeting it out in Excel and QuickBooks mm-hmm. and doing all the stuff that she does, you know, and banging stuff out, you know, and then she picks our kid up in the afternoon and so by you know 2 30 or whenever she has to leave to go pick up the kiddo she's already completed her entire day right and then mm-hmm. she comes home and then we have karate and so you no know, kiddo goes to karate my wife then takes her laptop to karate and works while she's at karate and then they come home and then it's like really instead of you know finding some kind of a hobby or something different to do she always reverts back to i'll just do some more work no you know no big deal Oh, it's seven o'clock at night. I want to watch a movie. I'll just put the movie on right here and, and work while I watch a movie, you know? And, and it's just like a constant thing. And I had literally had to have a conversation with her one night and I was just like, honey, I love you. Give me a hug. Like, let's sit down. You got to stop. You got to, you know, you used to read books. You used to do, you know, these activities that you no longer do. You've substituted work for like everything, you know, and I'm, you know, I try to, you know, my, my daughter and I have been doing karate for a while uh, and uh, I've, I've been doing it for much longer than my daughter, but um, more so now that she's involved in it. And uh, I'm trying to get my wife to like, I'm going to come to karate. She's like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, well go, you know, find a, a woman's club and go drink wine with them or, you know, figure something out. And uh, yeah, so there's definitely been that from like my personal perspective with my wife, who's just totally just jamming out and, you know, she's performing at a very high level and she got the taxes done for all the people she does like f- <laughs> super fast. But uh, yeah, but I notice I notice on the weekends on Saturdays, you know, when she's not working, it's like she's you know, definitely, you know, she takes a half a day. She's got to recover from, you know, all the time that she's doing the working and, you know, and it's like, you know, it throws a wrench in, you know, your family's, um, you know, the, the routine that families have, right. Where you're supposed to be having dinner at these times and doing this and having some structure. And, you know, you, you kind of lose a little bit of that structure with the burnout. The routine is the the thing in there. And and Mm -hmm. a lot of people, we saw this in our research and, looking at people who were engaged and people who weren't engaged over the course of the pandemic. And uh, those rituals were really important because it, it used to be when people were going into the office, you know, they were reminded it was lunchtime because they saw all the people around them getting up and heading off to, to go get some food. And somebody would say like, you know, hey, Margaret, lunchtime, you want to come with us? 
and somebody remind you to eat. And then at some point people would be getting up and you, you'd leave with them and you'd get in your car and you'd drive home and you'd get home and you'd be like, I'm at home. This is different from at work. I'm going to do something different here because I'm at home and not at work. But when work and home are just two rooms next to each other, maybe even the same room, it's hard. So we saw um, organizations that help people get those rituals did better. Uh, you know, the leaders who were able to create for their team, you know, going back to finding your frequency and how do you lead? Um, you know, one thing that, that we did early on, somebody made a suggestion like, stop doing the daily standups in the morning. You know, we used to just get together in the morning and everybody would kind of connect when in the office. It's like, everybody's out of bed. You don't have to worry about that. What we need to do is to have a good buy at the end of the day. So we start doing our standups at 4.30 and then they can end with, all right, everybody stop, go do something, go take a walk. You know, you can come back after dinner if you want, but like it yeah, became more important <laughs> to say goodbye than it was to say hello to help people find that that ritual. Yeah, no, that's 100%. And because I've been commuting back and forth to the office, I still have my, you know, I get up at five o'clock in the morning and I take my, you know, my pre-workout and multivitamin and protein shake and, you know, do do 45 minutes of uh, kata, karate and, you know, squats and push-ups and sit-ups and all that fun stuff. And, you know, and then it's just like every day I have this routine and then, okay, I leave at this time. And, you know, um, I have found myself knowing that, um, everybody else is already starting work. I get emails at like six o'clock in the morning now that I didn't get before because everybody was working. But, uh, you know, you don't have to reply at six. I, I don't. They, they'll still be emails at 11 or at noon or <laughs> emails you know, will always be there <laughs> two in the afternoon. You know, I, per, I personally hit a lot like two in the afternoon to like four. Uh, I'm not doing any kind of strategic thinking. But that's a great time to go chip away at my email, and my messages, because they're all pretty much just yes, no, Thursday, Janet, 14. Like the answer is all really easy. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to think, but, you know, that's how I can get those two hours to go by. Uh, when I'm in that kind of like that low zone. Yeah, that's exactly what I do in the afternoon is I go cherry pick through those emails that came through and, and half the time it's it's exactly that. It's like, hey, do you want to do Tuesday for the interview? Yes, that's great. I'll, I'll send you a calendar invitation. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and then, you know, I get customer service requests too. Hey, um, I have a clip of audio that I want to use on my radio show tomorrow. Is that okay? Yes, it's okay. Send it to this link. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the work's got to get done, but it doesn't take your best brain. No. You know, if, that, if that's your lull, maybe somebody else, it's before lunch that they don't want to do anything. And, and that's a lot of that finding the, the rhythm. And then as a leader, and I'm sure you know with your people, you know, understanding their rhythms and their rituals. And how do you, how do you handle somebody who's in the office that's different than how you're dealing with your people at home? And then the big problem going forward in this hybrid is, how do you keep your people who are at home and your people in the office engaged yeah. with each other where you're not the glue that's holding them together and the ones who are remote don't start getting more and more disengaged because they're not in the office? Because uh, you know you want to get 100% out of everybody. 
no matter where they are, mm -hmm. your job is to get 100% out of your team. Yeah, and you know what we did for that um, that particular scenario for making sure that you know um, you know uh, uh, production, uh, engineering, uh, development, uh, you know marketing and sales, right? All were still collaborating. Uh, we created a ticketing system right for internal components in the company um which works marvelously right if there's something that you need from anyone in the company you can just send an email to the ticketing system and in the ticketing system we've um, added a bunch of automated scenarios um that are you know based off of uh the 10 or 15 frequently asked components with internal with within the company um mm -hmm. and so then we have a kind of an automated uh direction where it goes okay hey, it's a ticket oh it's about this okay it goes to this person and so it immediately connects the two different people in two different areas of the company together um, and then we're able to also track that and we're able to look at response times on both sides and how they were communicating um what they were talking about what was the end result and then as management we're able to go through and look at all of those requests and and then analyze how everybody's communicating with each other and then we can address any of those issues that we have um, or things that come up from a communication standpoint in our uh, in our weekly all staff meetings where we talk about you know hey I, I, did, you, did you get everything that you needed from the thing that you sent me last week right we have an all staff meeting um, and to make sure that everybody's on the same page it's, it's for 30 minutes once a week um, just kind of like hey are you good are you good are you good do you need anything well, how's everything going with you guys right and, um, and, and then that combined with a ticketing system for us has been uh, uh, really important because especially from a leadership position, being able to track the, the uh, conversations between internal uh, folks. So I'd say that that, you know, what I really like about your ticketing system, and this goes back to what you were talking about before with, you know, somebody can get up at 630 in the morning and get their job done. You know, somebody needs something. That's not the same thing as I need it right this very second. Right. right? You got time on a lot of these things. So what the ticketing system does is it frees people up to respond when they can respond. And for your people who are remote, like I can get the ticket, I can go feed the cat, I can come back and deal with the ticket later. I can get the ticket and have lunch. I can get the ticket and be working on something else, but I'm not gonna lose the task. It's there in the ticketing system. Whoever created it is confident it's gonna get done. Right. And then you can start using that all hands, that leadership meeting is less of a, a check-in to see, did you close your tickets? And more of that connecting people. Yeah. Keeping people connected to the mission. Why are you doing this in the first place? You know, you can be a leader in that meeting rather than a task manager because mm -hmm. you've delegated the task management to your ticketing system. Yeah. And that's going to help everybody on site and remote. Yeah, and it's great because we we all stay connected, and then obviously you know we still we uh, for 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 you know things as far as communicating. I'm always you know sending little jokes and stuff like that to the mm -hmm. you know the team through uh, Microsoft Teams and sending you know a little message or you know like uh, uh, the office manager is working from home and uh, we ran out of forks in the kitchen, uh, and mm -hmm. so you know I, as a joke I found a, a gif of a fork. You know, and then I wrote in there, hey, uh, uh, please drop ship fork stat, right? You know, kind of a joke with a little wiggly smiley face. It was all goofy, you know, and uh, she's, you know, LOL. Okay, thanks for letting us know. And, you know, I think super important yeah. to, to get that emotional connection into what you're doing. So we see in uh, our messaging products, the use of emojis, the use of giphies. 
people yeah. have been using them for a while, but that went up a lot mm -hmm. over the course of the pandemic because um, you send a message to somebody kind of because you need to tell them something, but there's <laughs> also this need to be connected socially and emotionally to yeah. people there. So you could have written like need forks. Uh, you didn't. You chose something that <laughs> nurtured that emotional connection, that social connection. We found in our research this idea of a connected champion, and I'd say you're that in this role. The organizations where employees self-reported being engaged, being productive, um, were highly correlated with organizations that had what we would you know, call these connected champions. They were the people who were out there being the jokester. They were the one that was coordinating the happy hour. They were the one who was, we got one in, the, in my team here who, you know, every week on a Wednesday at one o'clock, they rally a bunch of people to go get up off of their desks and go walk around the neighborhood. So they're all there walking around with their phones in a video meeting and like, oh, look over there. There's my neighbor's dog. Oh, look over there. You know, and they're all outside walking around. They're not doing any work at all for that hour. But I, I got to tell you, over the course of that day, they're more productive because they take that time to do it. And the connected champion is the one that encourages that stuff. And it multiplies, right? Like yeah. an hour of Sam's time, the guy who does this, multiplied times 10 people times a little more productivity. He's like doubling his productivity as far as I'm concerned. Right. Just by having a walk. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, there there was a time where uh, you know my wife had to go to the office a few times, and so uh, it was in the middle of last summer, and so I had to stay home and, and hang out with the kiddo while I did work from my home on uh, my home studio. <laughs> and what was really funny is I found it kind of fun because you know I could work for a couple of hours, um, and then you know I could be like hey, my my daughter's name is Marley, but hey Marley, let's go take a walk. You know, and mm -hmm. you know, she she's like, oh, again, let, let me get my scooter. You know, I'm gonna scooter. All right, get your scooter. Let's go. You know, we'll and we'll go around the block a couple of times. But at the same time, like I have my cell phone in my hand too, so it's like, oh, I needed to call a customer. Boop 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 boop. Call them up. I'm walking down the street, mm -hmm. and my kids rode her scooter, and you know. And, and that kind of connection was kind of cool too for me with our customers because they're seeing a side of me like they can hear my kid in the background and they're like hey what are you what are you doing and I'm like oh we're, we're walking around the block and my kids you know she's she's on her scooter and they're like oh that's cool how old is your kid oh she's seven. Oh, hey I have a 10 year old and then all of a sudden now it's this this different kind of connection where if, when I'm at the office and I make a phone call it's all nice and quiet and you know you're not hearing any of that and so it doesn't spur up that you know emotional connection with your customer and so that was kind of cool for me in that sense uh uh that day that i had that happen um and and and, and now and now and now the customers like sending me messages on facebook and sending me photos and you know it's it's, it's really cool it's, it's it was a really good connection we saw that a lot with our customers this idea of you know during the pandemic and everybody was all stressed out and you know, you're doing your video meetings from home and it's in the morning and you haven't taken a shower yet. So you're just, you know, you got your Jets hat on because your hair is a mess. You know, you're not wearing your, your, your best clothes. Hey, you I don't have to deal with the hair being a mess. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> um, but it made everybody more human. And it turned out that we actually like humans more than we like coworkers or customers or vendors. We like people. We're people. We like people. So, you know, the story you're telling, super common. Like, you've got a personal relationship because you know a little something. You got exposed to something that you wouldn't have had before. You know, if you do a face-to-face -face meeting in your office, 
you don't know that like you know behind the the guy's desk at home there's a big grateful dead poster or there's a NASCAR <laughs> picture or like whatever it is that they're into and you can be like oh yeah what about that and now all of a sudden it's you got an emotional connection and that just smooths the business that you got to do so yeah, that's 100%. awesome i love the stories yeah 100 percent. that was cool because i i was at, i was at my office and uh so in, in in another life when i was going to college i was a dj and so um i paid for like three quarters of my college education by you know djing house music and different kinds of music at like you know clubs and venues and different stuff while i was in college and then i also uh i, I did part-time work at an am radio station while i was going to college as well uh and so like I still I still I still love DJing and so I have all my equipment at my home studio and I have a recording studio at the house and microphones and all this fun stuff. And so I flip on the video one day uh for a Zoom call with one of the customers and uh he's like, "Whoa, what is all that stuff in the background?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, those are my turntables and, you know, this that or the other." And they're like, you st- people still use turntables?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, yeah, I got I and then I moved over, you know, and kind of leaned over and I was like, yeah, look, I have like, you know, 5,000 records, <laughs> you know, and I got them all stacked up and underneath and I made, I, I built a thing for them to go into and they're like, oh, that's really cool. And then he proceeds to say, do you know that I, on the side, I own a DJ company? And I'm like, what? What? I'm, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And all of a sudden now I'm like, really, you own a DJ company? Yeah, we do live events and, you know, uh, bat mitzvahs and weddings. And, you know, we have uh, like bartenders and stuff that go out, you know, that'll that'll serve liquor for the people that are there and serve them drinks. So there's, you know, at a party or whatever. And uh, I was like, wow, that is really cool. So then I find out there's a franchise, a franchisee that is part of his group that's here in Arizona. And so then we linked up. Uh, and so then every now and again, when I get an itch, I call him up. And I'm like, hey, do you guys have a wedding or whatever coming up in the next month? You, you need someone to go do that. And uh, and so throughout the pandemic, like, you know, sometimes on a Saturday afternoon, and I'll pack up my gear and my truck and head over there and go do a little gig. And not, not that I need any extra money. It's just fun. You know, and then I I just happened to, I just happened to make a few hundred bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Without that personal connection, you wouldn't have, uh, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have had that opportunity in the old world. And I think that's the real magic of the hybrid world we're moving into, you know, where some people are going to be on site and some people are going to be remote. Yeah. hundred percent. And the coolest part about that story is I get to take my kid with me. Right. And so she gets to see dad plugging in the wires and setting everything up and running, you know, speakers and sound checks and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, she, she always tells me, I want to be a surgeon and a singer. And I'm like, there you fantastic. Go. A singing surgeon. I'm like, here's a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Michael, it's been a great conversation that we've had today. I really appreciate, you know, your insights and the stuff that you guys are doing at uh, at Ring Central. Uh, so, what's what else is on the horizon for you guys? I mean, your your product already has like so much cool stuff built into it. Like, where do you go from here? I think it's our where we go is to focus again on those social and emotional jobs. So, we're trying to figure out, you know, how do we let how do we help people connect. People already know how to do stuff. They even know how to collaborate with each other, but how do we help them connect? Um, so one of my favorite new things we've put in our product, right? So we got a you know, a messaging product like Teams or Slack or mm-hmm. Ring Central Messaging where you got, you got a team for this, you got a team for this, you got a team for this. What we saw was that people would be messaging each other, right, that async stuff, and then they'd go have a meeting then they go back to messaging each other and those things weren't connected. So we're trying to figure out, well, how do you connect that like 
you're typing back and forth and then somebody's like, you know what, this is gonna be easier if we just talk, dude, because we're going back and forth here already. We got one button in the app, you push that button and the two of you are in a video call. That's no awesome. URLs, no calendar, no scheduling, right? It's just like Dick Tracy watch, push a button, <laughs> you're now in a video call doing a screen share. Yeah. But even cooler than that, everybody else in the team sees that the two of you are in the call. So if they're kind of like, oh, you know, I'm looking for something to do. Oh yeah, I see Ryan and Peachy, they're talking about something. I care <laughs> about what's going on. They can just drop in like they were in the office. Hey guys, what's up? It's like, oh yeah, you know, we're talking about cats. I'm bored about cats. I'm, you know, peace out. I'll see you guys later. Or <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, you guys are talking about the Peterson project. Like, yeah, I've got some ideas on that. And then all of a sudden, everybody's collaborating again. But no friction, no stress. Yeah. Just, just the way it was when you were working together. Only now, what's happening in three different time zones? Um, so that's probably my favorite new feature. That's we got cool. a bunch of other stuff uh, going on. You know, I'd say. You know, to give a quick plug, um, you know, Ring Central, we got free video and messaging out there. Uh, go to ringcentral.com, go grab yourself some. Um, small businesses, mid-sized enterprises, you gotta, you know, talk to a sales guy. But, uh, you know, everybody can go out there and get a little more connection in their life. Uh, and that, that, of course, makes me and the design team happy. Going back to finding your frequency, we feel good when we help other people get stuff done, when we help other people connect, so. That's uh, that'd make us happy. Wow, that's awesome, Michael. I, you know, and and you know, even just playing with some of the features that you guys have uh, in Ring Central, I think it's really cool. Uh, I think I'm, I think I might have to switch away from my my Zoom account, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if, if you need any tech support or you got any design suggestions after you switch, you know where to find me. And uh, <laughs> for you, we'll call it Ryan's feature. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we've been uh, having a great discussion on, uh, you know, how leaders need to adapt to support the new hybrid workforce. And, you know, we're here with the VP of UX for Ring Central, uh, Michael Peachy. Uh, you know, hey, but you're in Belmont, right? Is that where, is that where you're at? That's right. Man, I remember I used to go to the racetrack there, the horse racetrack in Belmont. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. I, that's, that's a big condo farm now. Yeah. But, uh, that we, you know, we used to go there. I used to take the kids there and, uh, you know, go watch the horses run and, and go watch the old guys on the rail. Yeah. Yelling at the horses. And, yeah. yeah my, my, uh, my cousin's, uh, uh, he's not now, but he was at the time he, and his, his father's a horse trainer. And so, you know, he was training horses as well for, for racing. And, uh, so for a couple of years during the race season, he would go take the horses over to Belmont. And there were a couple of times, uh, you know, we do live events and different things uh, all across the country as part of uh, what Voice America does. Uh, we're doing obviously doing those types of things virtually now. Um, but uh, when we were in, uh, we were at San Francisco for some kind of a red chip conference that we were broadcasting, uh, you know, for investors and stuff like that. Uh, and so I'm in San Francisco and uh, my, my, my plane was, you know, whatever. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to take a train you know, the cow train down to Belmont and go see my cousin, you know, cause we got done on a Friday and I figured, well, I'll just figure that I'll figure out the flight later. So I just said, Hey, refund my company with the return flight and I'll just figure out my own stuff. And so then, yeah, it was pretty fun, man. I got to take the train and, you know, I live in Phoenix. We don't have trains and that kind of transportation. Uh, so it was a cool experience to jump on the cow train and go from San Francisco, you know, well, not all, I'd get on the BART first and then take the BART to where the cow train thing mm -hmm. was and then take that to Belmont. And what was really funny is when I got off of the train at Belmont, 
the racetrack was like across the street. So I didn't mm-hmm. even have to, I didn't even have to call my cousin to come and pick me up. I just walked right over there and they paged him and then they said, he said, yeah, let him in. And then I was over there cause he, he, he stayed at the track. Um, like they had a, uh, like a little one bedroom apartment or like a studio apartment set up in the tack room. Uh, and so, you know, that's where he was, he was staying at for the race season. But yeah, that was really cool, man. I like, I like Belmont. It's a pretty cool little place. Okay. Awesome. Brian, it's been so great talking to you. I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity and the, the 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 yeah the chance to talk to you. Absolutely. So, guys, go to ringcentral.com. Check out what the, these guys are creating. Uh, Michael Peachy's been designing the uh, user interface uh, for Ring Central. And, of course, uh, it does have a slick user interface. Guys, check it out and uh, make sure you tune into all the episodes of Finding a Frequency. We've got five years of content for you to listen to. Um, you can follow us all over social media uh, at Finding a Frequency Net. And then, of course, uh, I can be found uh, under at Radio Ryan One at most uh, social media sites. Uh, please connect with me. Love to hear some feedback from you on any guests uh, that you guys think you might want to have uh, uh, on the show. So, so you can send info to uh, info at voiceamerica.com for those uh, requests. And if you're listening on your favorite pod catching device, make sure to give us a nice little rating. Uh, we'd love to have uh, five stars because uh, we're absolutely five star human beings. So, uh, you know, that's definitely better than four stars. So make sure you do that and give us a review. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening to finding your frequency right here on the voice America talk radio network and make sure you tune in next week uh, for another finding your frequency episode that will be at uh, 12 o'clock Pacific time, 3 PM Eastern. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. Have a wonderful Finding Your Frequency Friday.